What's up, everybody? Welcome to the uh, Dad Fit Podcast. Today we got Dustin. Ah, oh, jeez. Maybe one of these days I'm going to remember to ask That's him. That's okay. Last it's Howard. 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 Ah, see, I would have got it. I mean, I, sh- I should have just gone with yep. Dustin not look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin, Howard, how you doing, man? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. This is yeah, sure. exciting. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, background, how you got here. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, basically, I have been in sales for quite a while. I uh, kind of always had a had an idea that that uh, growing a following online was was a big thing for uh, for anyone to do. And the uh, the part that I really, I guess, didn't understand the most was the uh, the fulfillment that you get from just interacting with a lot of different people and and uh yeah and even the the learning curve that you you absorb so much information and uh you know some good some bad but overall it's uh it's uh pretty fun to to learn yeah i'm definitely with you on that one i i think briefly when we spoke before i mentioned that i was I mean, I'm pretty anti-social media still in general for like a societal thing, but right. um, now, I mean, I've been doing it now for like six or seven months and exactly what you were saying. And there's definitely a lot of value in actually being able to connect I mean, exactly what we're doing right now. I mean, I would have never have met you before if, if it wasn't for social media. So there's exactly, there's some good things to it, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially if you're looking for an audience. Sales is definitely a, a key. You need you need all those eyeballs on you because they got the wallets connected to them. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and if you can relate to them more personally through, you know, through social media, because uh, I I use Twitter, I use LinkedIn. Um, I've started to use Threads just because I feel like it's going to be here to stay. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm similar. I actually, I, I mean, I like text-based communication much more. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that's what draws me towards Twitter the most. Uh, I mean, Instagram's all right. It's a little bit too fake and bullshitty to me. Everyone's it is, like, oh, yeah. Look at me, my perfect filtered life. Like, yeah, I, everyone knows yeah, that's, that's awesome. right. <laughs> Your filters, yeah, you can definitely get a non-real feel to it. And outside looking in, it seems like you just got a perfect life, and and uh, but it's not generally the case. Yeah, I mean, not even just the filter, just the pure yeah. manipulation. That's that's wild, man. I've never, ah, whatever. Anyways, <laughs> I, can, I can go, I can go deep in that stuff. It, it blows my mind. Exactly. People mm-hmm. actually like that. I, I don't know. I guess they're in denial. Who knows? That's right. <laughs> The masses, they're they're into just consuming as much of that as they can. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that your your point of uh, I don't remember verbatim what you said, but it was something along the lines of you just like your interaction through Twitter and stuff. But I I've definitely found mm-hmm. my most valuable skill set with social media is the the filtering is turning off and blocking because there's just constant bombardment with nonsense and it's. It's, well, it's nice to be able to curate the feed to read things and find things that are actually enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's and you're able to do that real real well with you know just following the people that you that you want or the voices that you want to let in, I guess. Yeah. 
and then you, uh, I mean, they give you a for you and a, and a following kind of deal. So I kind of bounce between those two just to, just to see what, uh, is thought provoking enough for me to make a comment on, or <laughs> if I feel like I have any sort of information to, uh, or value to, to share with it, but it's, yeah. uh, and it's ironic yeah. too. I've, I've mentioned on a couple other episodes where I, before I actually got involved in social media, I always thought Twitter was the dumpster fire. Like that was always the association in my head. Right. It's like the worst possible platform, but it's ironic that it's mm -hmm. my most favored one now, just because of the actual curation and direct interaction with people. It's funny. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think it gets a bad rap because so everybody says how negative it is, but really it's just about um, what you surround yourself with and, and what you, you know, if you, if you start just spewing off negative stuff, you're going to attract negative things. But if you are trying to be positive, uplifting, um, just inspirational overall, you're going to get a lot of that too. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Speaking of, what's your uh, what's your record at now for your uh, dad jokes? Uh, 151 days on Twitter. <laughs> I I started two days later on LinkedIn, so I'm at 149 on LinkedIn. But yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was one of the first things that I saw pop up on my feed from you. I was like, oh man, right. this guy's the longest dad joke Twitter streak I've seen. I got I got to follow this. Right, yeah. <laughs> I figured out I was going to try and stick to it. And that was kind of my baby steps into social media where I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to put this out there, but I have to track it so that people can actually see, you know, the magnitude as you, as you build up yeah. from there, what, uh, what that can do. And Speaking yeah. Of dad jokes. How do your kids like them? They like them. They don't really comprehend them too, too well. <laughs> Um, I haven't gotten the eye rolls as much as I, as much as I want yet. I have a, a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, but I'm, I'm waiting for those moments. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're, they're getting there. I got a, mm -hmm. it should be 11 this year. It, they're all hundred percent eye rolls. I'm just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> hit, hit it every just time. Just permanently just, back there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost to the point where. If she knows I'm about to like ask her a question, she's just already like, "Oh, this is gonna be nonsense." Here we go. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you even start with the story, and you're like, "Okay, I know where this is going." Yeah, I can't yeah. really blame her because most <laughs> I I say a lot of nonsense to her just because of the reactions that I get, and mm -hmm. it's so worth it. It cracks me up. <laughs> it is, yeah. For now, I have to just test all my material on my wife, and she she gives me plenty of eye rolls, so. It, it, it's exactly what I'm hoping for. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I've I've shared several of them of yours with my wife as well, and nice. just to the point where she just like looks at me like, ah, oh, she's <laughs> like, right. That's a good one. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what's funny about it, the backstory behind even you know just starting to test out Twitter is my boss gave me as a secret Santa for Christmas a dad joke calendar and because <laughs> that's was kind of what i was into before anyway and uh yeah so now i've got i've got a dad joke every day i do pull from other from more other sources other than just the calendar but uh yeah 
the complete backstory anyway. It's so funny how much, I mean, I'm audibly laughing, but while I'm by myself, sometimes when I read them, dad jokes, yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's such a weird feeling to laugh when you're by yourself sometimes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got a two and four year old, you said, how do you think mm-hmm. um, becoming a father has changed your perspective on, I mean, obviously it changes everything, but because mm-hmm. this is the Ed Fit podcast, what do you think uh, has changed your perspective on your like health and fitness related activities? Um, It's really got me thinking about it more. I mean, before that I was you know, one of those, one of those people that just kind of was floating through life, I feel like, at least looking back. And I wasn't really concerned about myself. And I wasn't concerned about living long for, you know, either myself or any loved ones, really. I mean, my wife, but beyond that, she, she thinks she's going to die before me anyway. So she's, she's not too worried. Um, But my, uh, yeah, my kids, once I, once I had kids, it, it definitely got me thinking more long term and like trying to be the the uh positive influence i can be for them and the support system for as long as possible and so that's where the the exercise not as uh as uh on it as i want to be i feel like that's everybody there people are their own worst critics really you, you almost see where you where you carve out some some uh you know 30 minutes of of entertainment that you may be consuming on Twitter or TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but, um, you know, just scrolling through, scrolling through life. And you look back at it and you're, you say, well, you should be working out, but <laughs> at the same time, you want to try and, I don't know, have some enjoyment, but it's a struggle, constant struggle. But yeah, I think it, exactly what you said. It's, it's a struggle for everyone. It's <clears throat> definitely like, exponentially compounded when you have kids because they, you have to keep them alive. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough to stick to a schedule too. So even if you are on that path to try and, to, you know, self-improve as much as you possibly can, whether it's just absorbing more knowledge through books or through, um, you know, podcasts or YouTube tutorials or whatever you want to do, yeah. um, or even down to eating right and exercise. My kids, they're the X factor. I don't know, you know, if they'll wake up early or if they'll stay up late. I try and, you know, we try and stick to a schedule, but it gets it gets uh, past that sometimes. So when you're planning on, you know, oh, I'm going to work out now or I'm going to, you know, read a couple, couple chapters of a book uh, early morning, late at night, um, I do it on my lunch break because at least they're in daycare and I don't, uh, don't have the, the disturbance then. And I don't want to use them in a, as an excuse either. You know, it's more just if they're, if they're up till nine, I got to just read at nine and, yeah. or read at 10 and, yeah, exactly. uh, or work out at, you know, whenever, but yeah, try and get my sleep, try and get my, keep my sanity. And <laughs> but it's, uh, it's a wild ride and it's so, it's so great. How's the two-year-old sleeping? pretty good she's good she's actually the better sleeper really uh my four-year-old she's she's the wild child yeah yeah he's every bit that i was when i was a kid and just you know just off the wall doing weird stuff and just 
Yeah, we'll not stick to a schedule. But she'll wake up at two o'clock in the morning sometimes, want a snack. Um, but uh, yeah, we started putting a gate up so that we can at least hear her if she if she comes out of the room and uh, yeah. and tries to go downstairs and grab some Doritos or something. But yeah, it's <laughs> Dude, they're they're wild, man. It's so funny. they are. And my mm-hmm. uh, baby just started walking like two weeks ago now. And it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. It's like a binary thing. She's like, she's into everything, she's I'm sure. Now. And now she's, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, right. I thought it was bad when she was crawling, but now she's, it's a, she's a monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took her to. You think uh, you have everything baby proofed, and then all of a sudden they find all sorts of things that, uh, that yeah. they can get into. So. Yeah, things I'd never even anticipated. Like uh, she can she can unscrew caps on bottles, and it's just like her. She got into her yep. sister's into her sister's markers the other day. Oh my god! head to toe, just covered in marker. It's like wow. <laughs> I'll tap it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean she looks pretty badass, but right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> her kids don't want to mess I'm sure. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it seems to be a common recurring theme, though, with any of the dads that I chat with. Is flexibility is a must. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you can't you can't be rigid because the kids do not care at all. They're like, oh, yeah. all right, well, I'm going to stay up for four more hours. What are you going to do about it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Just go to bed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're little bullies sometimes. <laughs> they are. They are, and they know how to push all the buttons. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's definitely something I'm working on. I, I've never been good with the patience department and yeah, I can, I, can uh, I lose it really quickly. My wife's a, a, a school teacher, so she has like an endless supply of patients somehow. Oh yeah. And it makes no sense to me. I'm just like, I'll walk downstairs and I'll see one thing. I'm like, what the heck? Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's been hanging out with them all day. And she's like, Oh, it's fine. Right. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go back to work then because I, I can't even handle five. Yeah, let <laughs> me go back to my room. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I hear you. Your, uh, your current training is looking like these days. I know it's a, uh, it's a bit rough around uh, the edges, but it is, it is. So I try and do the core stuff, um, and not in terms of like core muscles, but like the. Uh, I just try and stay active body weight. I would say body weight squats, even some weighted squats, mostly body weight, just so that because it's versatile, I can do it at work. I can do it anywhere. Um, I've tried to change my environment around me. So like I put up a, a pull-up bar in our garage so that every time I walk by it, I'll just do some pull-ups quick, you know, or one, and I'm still trying to do more. I used to be able to do more, but um so there's that, and then and then I try and uh, just structure it with anything that I'm doing normally throughout the day. So if it's like brushing your teeth, I can do some push-ups. Um, one big thing for me is not brushing, not doing pull-ups while brushing your teeth. But that would be around the same time, that would be that would be talented. pull-ups, right? Yeah. <laughs> but give you uh, the TikTok views for sure. That would that would. I think you're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> it's the next viral sensation. Right. But uh, otherwise, yeah, even even going to the bathroom, 
I drink a lot of water during the day. So I end up probably even at work just, you know, four, four or five times. And uh, I'll do some push-ups before I, before I go to the bathroom. So it's, it's just something where I try and dumb it down to the, to the point where it's like just ingrained in me because I know it takes discipline and not motivation because you're not always motivated and you always have to, you always have to work out. So it's, it's just something where I've tried to attach it to either habits or just my environment around me. And then it'll make me do it. Nice. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, James Clear's habit stacking from uh, Atomic Habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't read that one. Um, the Power of Habits. Yeah. Charles. I, yeah, yeah, I read that one. Um, that really helped me with that. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, those, the habit stacking is phenomenal. I mean, it's not even like revolutionary or groundbreaking, but to have it... No. I remember when I read it, I'm like, oh man, I do that. I didn't, I didn't realize that there was like a, a term, I guess, for it, but it, it right. just makes things like second nature. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a computer scientist by training. So I approach a lot of life algorithmically so that I can just here, here's the steps I got to do. And then I don't have to think about it. And I just like follow through with those kind of things. And then I'll try to figure out ways to plug multiple things together so that they're either, running in parallel or they're just sequential and then I can just do a bunch of things without thinking about it. And I like, I like, <laughs> I like, Sequences, yeah. I like that. Yeah. And that's the thing is, is the beauty I would say of, of so many social media um, voices is that they relate to different people differently. So then like with what you were saying, you know, your computer science or a computer engineering background, you, uh, you, you relate what you learn to a process and, and then it, it speaks to you more, uh, um, efficiently, I would say. And, and that's the same way with, uh, with, uh, uh, followers on, or with voices on Twitter, YouTube, anything a lot of times the people that are a step or maybe two ahead of you are more relatable than warren buffett you know i mean because he'll he'll he can try and dumb it down as much as he can and even just some of the top tier guys you know they can try and dumb it down as much as they can but there's so many years removed from your situation or my situation that it just doesn't quite doesn't quite work as well or doesn't quite speak to people as well yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I've I've always tried to not I purposely don't follow the gigantic millions and millions of followers accounts just right. because like I don't know, I can't relate to you that much. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I follow a couple of giant fitness dudes because fitness is somewhat universal, but still. Yeah. Like <clears throat> you got 5 million people following you. What you're saying is not even remotely close to the same audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. What one thing I do, I do initially, I, you know, would try and just follow the the ones that that spoke to me the best. And but but I've kind of shifted gears recently with trying to follow the largest ones so that I can comment on their stuff as quickly as possible. And then that will get me views from their, you know, from their following. And then and then you can help some people that maybe this the uh, content isn't resonating as well with and it's 
and it's your voice that they're that they're uh, able to use to guide them through whatever they're going through. It's interesting. I like that. I know your kids are young, but do you involve them in any of your fitness related activities? I mean, to a uh, probably a little stretch, but yeah, a little bit. Um, it's mostly yeah. Even the weights are too are too uh, heavy for them. We do have some little five pound weights that Hadley'll my my oldest she'll uh, she'll kind of do these <laughs> things, just nice. everything else, but. Um, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty minimal for the time being, but I do, I do plan on, and we do go on walks, but I do plan on uh, trying to get them into it as early as possible. Because if you can, if you can create that as a foundation for them early on, it'll just make it that much easier for them to stick to it. And that's, yeah, just trying to get the good habits and the good behaviors just ingrained in them. Cause then it's almost nostalgic, you know, where you're like in my childhood, I did this and I enjoyed it and I want to keep going and doing that. So yeah. try and play on those, uh, on those emotions as positively as possible. Do you have any that you can relate to from your childhood? Um, when I was a kid, I had a dog named Jake. He was a German shepherd and, uh, I lived on a farm. And there was cows, you know, and everything, but we, uh, yeah, it was basically just Jake and I, and we were just every day exploring the, exploring, exploring the farm, the sheds and everything else we could get into. It was along a river. So we kind of went down there with see some other, some crawdads and all those good things, but fish, minnows, but, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty much, I mean, my parents, they'd play catch and stuff. But uh, I guess what I look back on the most is probably is just exploring and just going out in nature pretty much every day. So yeah, that's that's got a soft spot in my in my heart for, you know, just being connected to nature. And I think everybody kind of has that ingrained in them. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I've, I've always been curious because I, I grew up similarly um, dairy farm, farm country. There's nothing around me but cows mm-hmm. and corn, basically, and, right. <laughs> and mountains, which were cool. But I've always been curious how someone grew up in, say, New York City. Um, I know it's like human nature to want to be in nature, but I'm curious uh, how they can relate to that because I had the exact same childhood. Like I was always I had two dogs, um, mm-hmm. Amadeo and Rascal. And uh, we would just always, I mean, I'd leave the house for like 14 hours and just go wander around the woods. I had like my little That's right. and everything. I'd go, I don't even know what the hell I was doing, but there you I go. didn't die. That's all my parents cared about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that was almost like putting on YouTube or whatever it is nowadays, just turning on the TV, letting the kids zone out on it. You know, it was just like, here, there's the door, go play. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it was great it's, it's great. definitely my favorite place in the world is being out in the woods even mm-hmm. solo like i'll go hiking and just go meditate in the woods by myself for hours and there's i don't know i just come back so refreshed and mentally i don't know like defragged i guess for lack of a term but mm-hmm. 
There's nothing, nothing that beats that for me. Yeah, just recharges the batteries, the fresh air. You know, you you get to connect with nature, whether it's you know the 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 greenery around you, the birds chirping. Yeah. You know, if you see any other wildlife, it's pretty it's pretty cool too. Yeah, my oldest daughter is much more into electronics right now, but the baby, she's always out in the garden with us, for better or worse. Right. <laughs> yeah. The other, <laughs> the other day. <laughs> The other day we were out there weeding and uh, I looked over and she had climbed all the way inside the the raised bed full of tomatoes and was just like pulling all the plants out. Yes. She was holding them because, I mean, that's what it looked like we were doing is just pulling green things. So, thank you. You got the right idea. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> Poor execution. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she's definitely an outdoor outdoor girl so far. She's always, if I'm watching That's her, good. she's always like pointing to the door and be like, mm-hmm. she just wants to go wander mm-hmm. around. And it's like, I can totally relate to that. And I was always the outside kid, no shoes on, looking homeless. <laughs> I mean, right. kind of look homeless now, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So did were you a little bit more involved in fitness related stuff prior to your kids or is it kind of after they were here it's like oh I, really I was probably more I was probably more before I before I met my wife just because you know you're trying to be in shape for that's how life the uh, prospects <laughs> out there you know but uh so yeah I was in pretty good shape and and still living on the farm so it you know I was constantly working and then I'd do pull-ups from my apple tree and you know all sorts of different stuff but um yeah basically either working out either doing chores or or uh, working out it was pretty much how i spent my days i did i did dabble in some uh in some web development back then but um never really pursued it any further until now now i'm starting to get back into it but yeah what's your goal with uh, the web development Obviously, um, <laughs> I do want to, yeah, I do want to try and get, well, I'm going to, you know, get Microsoft certified, do that. I do have a degree in graphic design, so it somewhat equates out to uh, to web development because there was some of that in there. And then uh, get a job in it, get, uh, I guess my, my long-term goal would be to, uh, Start my own agency, most likely. Nice. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Trying to transition away from sales then, long term? Yeah. I mean, I think there's always, yeah, there's always sales in, in jobs, but I could stack a, a skill like web development with that and and uh, magnify the results that I'm looking for. And really, I mean, ideally what I would do is get it get to a smaller company of uh in in web development or uh you know computer science in general learn front to back you know from either the owner or the main operations person so then that way i know front to back how to run the company and then from there it's just off to the races yeah jump out on your own (laughs) Mm -hmm. my wife and i we had a cleaning company for for five years had that uh until we sold it a couple years ago and so we it, it made 
really good money. And it was more just to get, to get out of debt. Um, That's awesome. And now, yeah, now it's just a house that we're, that we have for, uh, for debt, but kind of followed the Dave Ramsey structure. I'm familiar with the name and top level view of it, but what, what do you mean by Dave Ramsey structure? Um, so pretty much you try and remove the, well, my wife did it or read the book, but from what I gather, it's, it's, uh, removing the, the smaller personal debt that has higher, uh, interest rates. So you do that first. Then once you've removed those, then you take the payments that you would have been making to those and put it on other against other things, because obviously you can afford the payments if you have been making the payments. So you just, instead of taking the extra money that you're saving by not paying off a specific debt, whether it's a car or it's recreational, a boat or an RV or whatever you want to do, you just put that towards the next thing. And then you just pick them, pick them off student loans. Got those, got those, uh, taken care of. And yeah. Yeah. I think I want to say it's snowball, snowball or avalanche. I know it's one of those. Snow- it is. Yeah. It's, it's very much a snowball because you do. Okay. It is once you've removed, you know, three or four payments, you're starting to put, you yeah. know, a thousand bucks, almost 2000 bucks. A lot of times towards other, other debts. And that, gets removed really quickly yeah yeah i love finances it's definitely my uh, mm-hmm. i wouldn't say hobby because i don't know if you could classify yeah. finances as a hobby but it's definitely something i pay attention to a lot mm-hmm. yeah i'm not i'm not as well versed as i want to be on it oh it's a it's a work in progress my wife is more of the strength in that relationship in terms of finances and yeah. and she's got her own her own uh, consulting company and and business coaching and stuff. So she knows and and quite a background in it. So she knows quite a bit. And maybe that's where I've kind of fell behind and not really worried too much about it. And I'm like, here, here, honey, here's my check for you. (laughs) Figure it out for me. (laughs) Yeah, I would offload it too. I use a lot of virtual assistants to offload. That's true. Yeah. There'll be AI soon, probably, that can just, like, <laughs> do your stuff for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, coming from the computer science world, I wouldn't trust it. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm always, I'm, I always tell people, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the least technical software engineers that I know. I mean, I, re- I just recently got a smartphone, like, a week ago. Um, and just always, it's, uh, it's smart though, to, to try and stay away from it as long as possible. And I, and I did for a while. Um, I mean, I've had a smartphone probably for, for 10 years now, but tried to push it off as, as, as long as possible. And I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to use internet on my phone. I use it on the computer. Now I use it constantly. That's the main thing. (laughs) I, I, uh, yeah, do my social media stuff through. So it's, yeah, it's all. All the apps and everything. It is convenient. Yeah, I run, I run a blog for uh, Hybrid Athletics, and I okay. think a I haven't checked that out yet, but I, I'm yeah, I'm interested to see it. And I didn't know that, you know, when I started following you and and kind of immersing myself in your your Twitter content, I hadn't didn't know that you even had a YouTube channel. So it was it was uh, pretty cool to nice. pretty cool to see that. 
Yeah, I got to I got to do a little bit more of that. I've been focusing more on the blog right now and yeah. these podcasts. I was so surprised how much I actually enjoyed doing these podcasts. I was I was just kind of doing it just to do it. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to. Um I romanticized the idea of it in my head and I was like I'm just going to I'm going to do it. I think I mentioned that yeah. I had I had taken a lot of my blog posts and had AI read them on my original podcast and they were just Complete garbage. Right. I know. Oh, I remember hearing you say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, those were rough. Um, yeah, content. But was people, good. yeah, they they like to uh, consume. You know, whether it's audiobooks, so then podcasts would be the same way. You can listen to them in the car. It 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 uh, adds value to the time that you normally wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh, that's there's definitely a. A, a value to uh, to doing podcasts and then videos because everybody likes to just watch a video rather than reading. You know, I mean that's. <laughs> I know, Tony. Do you read much? I do. I do quite a bit. Actually, the last couple of years, I've gotten more into it. Uh, I did read the Four Hour Work Week. I know you said that you're a, a fan of Tim Ferriss. Oh yeah, I've probably read all of his books. Okay. Yeah, I've only read that one for now, but uh, uh, another one that I really, really enjoyed was uh, from Paul Newman, and it was uh, The Pursuit, I think it was Pursuit of the Common Good, uh, 25 Years of, of uh, what is it, Changing the World, One Bottle of Salad Dressing at a Time. Nice. Yeah, I, I buy almost all of my stuff, Newman's own products. Oh, yeah. If, if the the story behind it is pretty cool and how they, you know, didn't know anything about marketing, bottling, uh, making it even, you know, manufacturing it. And then at every step of the way, they would they would butt heads with, you know, so like if they mass produce it, they get to a manufacturer and they're like, hey, you can't do this. It's not cost effective. And they're like, there's no other way. This is, this is our product. We're going to make it with these ingredients. And then they get to the bottler and then they're like, yeah, we need to cut this corner. We need to do this instead. And they're like, no, it's gotta be, it's gotta be fresh when it's bottled or when it's in a jar and it's gotta be whole tomatoes or it's gotta be, you know, with their, with their uh, spaghetti sauces and, and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty incredible journey. And then, and then when he kind of shifts gears and gets more into uh, talking about when he when he started to give back and he would create these uh, camps for for kids, I I couldn't get through it without tearing up every single story. It was uh, it's pretty powerful stuff. Good makes me feel better because I like I said mm-hmm. I I don't know enough about it, but I know that their hundred percent of their profits go towards good causes, so that was enough for me. So, and their stuff mm-hmm. actually did pretty good. So I didn't realize that uh, right. they were pretty. And they try and take out all the fake stuff that they possibly can and make it as, as good for you as possible with still tasting good. Nice. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to read that then. Yeah, I'm definitely, yeah. reading is my hobby. <laughs> I know oh, yeah. finances, I, like I said, I can't, I don't consider it a hobby, but uh, reading is definitely what I do on my free time, which is. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I have free time anymore, but somehow I sneak in some reading every day. <laughs> right. There you go. I know in the last episode you were talking about meditating, and I haven't gotten down that that path yet. I do want to, but yeah. uh, 
really books books are kind of my my uh i don't know release in terms of of uh calming and just enjoying the time i would say it's kind of weird you know i don't know no man i I completely get it i i've had many of wonderful days where i just get to read all day it's just uh yeah the thing that i like about reading um a couple things one of them is that it can transport me um mentally so i read a lot of philosophy and stoic philosophy in particular oh yeah and i read meditations every day uh, by marcus aurelius and Mm -hmm. the thing that i like about that in particular is that he wrote that for himself it was like his his journal he was writing for himself but Mm -hmm. when i read that i can like almost be transported back in time for just sitting next to him while he's sitting there writing that and that's one of the things that i love the most about reading um Mm -hmm. i read some like science fiction and fantasy stuff as well just because sometimes i need a break from real life right yeah (laughs) it's a similar experience where i get to be transported into this magical world and it's nice to be able to get lost in those kind of things Mm -hmm. let the imagination run wild yeah yeah the nice thing i like with the with the stoic philosophy and even you know self-improvement overall and i would even you know say fitness is it's all timeless material like you could you could read it a hundred years from now or a hundred years ago and it would apply to your your daily life yeah that everybody goes through that's you know even back in in the roman times is, yeah. is that when he was around marcus aurelius i don't know um but he you know went through the same stuff daily that we do mentally and yeah. you know just tries to navigate it as best he can and he's figured a, he figured a lot of it out and you know, if you can, if you can uh, read that, it can, it can get you years ahead of what it would take you to, you know, figure it out for yourself. Yeah. So that's really the power of books, I think. There's a particular passage and I'm not going to be able to remember it verbatim. I remember my interpretation of it, but it essentially starts out with him saying, I know I'm going to run into a bunch of assholes today. <laughs> it's like, dude, that is... That is every right, yeah. right there. <laughs> right, yeah. Probably like God give me peace. I know I'm gonna I'm gonna hear it today, but yeah. <laughs> I think one of the most profound things I've taken away from stoicism in particular is that you choose how you feel about things. And that mm-hmm. that one resonates with me and I think about that one at least every day, specifically with having little kids. And my right. <laughs> attempt to improve my patience, and mm-hmm. it actually has honestly helped a lot because if my daughter does something that I don't particularly like, I I just have to remind myself like she, obviously she's a little baby, so she's not the intent yeah. is what matters there. But then mm-hmm. also that that little saying pops into my head it's like I'm choosing to be upset about this, and like I, I can choose not to be upset about it, and that's that has helped me grow a lot as far as my patience level. And I really appreciate that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, just overall your, your, your thoughts, you're 100% in control of. And that's one of the few things that you're 100% in control of in, in your daily life. And so if you can, if you can control that or the way you feel about any sort of 
you know, thing that happens to you or happens around you, you're, you're so much further ahead. And a lot of people that, that have issues with, with uh, mental health and we all kind of go through it, you know, where we just try and make things right in our heads. If you, if you understand that you can control things, you don't have that, that helpless feeling so much that, that kind of goes downhill where you, you know, if you feel like you don't have any control over your life, then all of a sudden you just, you're like, what is, what has it all been about? But if you, if you take control of it and you realize I don't like my situation, but I can make it better and I can do this, this, and this. Then you just start down that path and all of a sudden it miraculously gets better. And then you feel empowered because you just have a plan and you can stick to a plan and you can get to a better situation. Yeah. Yeah. I can a hundred percent relate to that. Just um, before I got like heavily involved with fitness, I was just the pure alcoholic. I was just, severely depressed and i was reading yeah. too much nietzsche at the time probably and i was just like super nihilist <laughs> in my head it's like oh what the hell i'm just gonna get wasted and die so i don't care right <laughs> that's, yeah. that's definitely a slippery slope and what you what you were saying also reminded me of a, a very powerful book um it's called man's search for meaning by victor frankel um mm-hmm. it's pretty popular in the the genre, but he was, I don't know if you're familiar with the book, but he was in, I've uh, heard about it. I haven't read it, but mm -hmm. he was in concentration camps in Nazi Germany. And he like the whole theme of it is I'm in control of my mind. They can do whatever they want to my body and everyone else around me. And he was just commenting on how he could tell when one of his fellow prisoners would just, they would be broken and then mm-hmm. they would just die. Like not even yeah. not even from the Nazis, but their, their soul was just gone. And he's like, I, I can control how I feel about the situation. I'm it's, it's really shitty. Obviously no one's in denial mm-hmm. about that, but yeah. they're not, not going to break me. I'm, I'm in control of this. And mm-hmm. my, my grandma actually recommended me reading that book when I was a teenager. <clears throat> and I didn't understand it. At the time, I didn't, I don't know if I actually read it back then because I was a pain in the ass teenager, but yeah, (laughs) I guess that was redundant, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) but I remember reading it in my mid twenties or early twenties and I called up my grandma afterwards and like, grandma, I can completely see why you said I should read this. And Mm -hmm. she, she had mentioned at the time when she recommended it to me, it was because um, her son, my uncle had passed when he was like 15 or 16. So that book she said helped her a lot and getting through the trauma of losing your child is like, it's, it's, I'm not trying to relate yeah. losing a child to being in a concentration camp, but yeah. trauma mm-hmm. is trauma. And she said that helps tremendously. Yeah. Yeah, just to be able to navigate through that and try and keep keep hope, really, and uh, that that tomorrow will be better and the next day will be better, and you know, slowly you'll be able to live with something like that. It, uh, yeah, it's wild. I kind of want to read the book again, and I, like I said, I read it yeah. in my 
mid to early 20s and I don't know. It didn't have the profound impact that I had anticipated, but it was definitely a lot to take away from it. I think I would mm-hmm. appreciate it a little bit more now because I was, like I said, I was, I was basically a raging alcoholic then, so I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have too good of a perspective on life at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, and I think you need to uh, almost get to a point in your life where you'll listen to like your your grandmother you know, recommending the book where you'll, it takes, it can take a couple years or a few years to even, you know, open your mind to be like, well, what is this book even going to teach me? You know, like you, yeah. you got to get past that where it's, and I've been there with countless things, including, including uh, Twitter or, or uh, LinkedIn, you know, I'm like, well, and I think everybody kind of goes through this. So like, well, what, what is it even going to do for me? Because that's what really anybody cares about for the most part, I would say is like, what's the value for me. And then all of a sudden you, you do it and you're like, wow, why did it take me this long to, to, uh, to do this? Everybody's been telling me to do this. And I just, yeah. Dude, that that has come up so many times in my life. Like, Oh my God. Stubborn. Right. Could have just, should have just done it. It's it's mm-hmm. somewhat similar to tie it all back into fitness again. Is um, it is with my coaching. I won't I won't take on a client who isn't absolutely ready to, and willing to change. It's it's mm-hmm. not worth the hassle on my end, and it, yeah. they're they're just going to get frustrated and disappointed on their end. So it's I always have like a an onboarding or discovery chat. I'm like. Mm-hmm. It's, you have to 100% be involved or interested in this, or nothing's going to happen. You, you'll see some temporary benefits, possibly. I don't yeah. know. Most of the time, that happens, and they're like, "Oh, great, I'm done." Like, <laughs> no, this, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a life-changing thing. You have to change your behaviors, yeah. and that's also um, why mental fitness is such an integral part of how I ch- coach people as well. Um, and it ties in what you were saying earlier of it's all controlled by your mind. So if you don't have the mental fortitude, you're not going to be able to have the discipline to get your ass up at four thirty in the morning when that's the only time you're going to get that day or that week. Even mm-hmm. you have to have the mental strength as well. Yeah. You have to have a strong enough why, cause that's really, you know, why are you, why do you want to do this now? Because because if you don't, then you just, you never, you never give yourself enough discipline to like, you know, even, even in the tough times, you don't, you're not reminded, okay, I want to get healthy for my kids so that I can dance at their wedding. I can hold my grandkids, um, you know, play with them and I don't have a lot of pain or I can't do it even completely. So if you can really dial that down and just and just figure that out then really i feel like the the structure is where you'd probably come in where you'd be able to tell them okay well this is what is going to be the most efficient for you and if you do these exercises and you eat this you're gonna you're gonna see the most results and then from there when they're not just trying to feel them feel their way through it and keep keep discipline then they don't get discouraged because they actually see some results. 
And if you don't see results because you're not doing, you know, things the correct way, you're just working, working out, doing some mindless stuff that you think is intensive, but it's not intensive, yeah. then you you don't see the changes in the mirror. You don't see the changes on the scale. And then you're like, yeah, I can't do it. It's just it's yeah. not it's it's not me. I can't, you know, <laughs> I'm not a fit person or I can't be a fit person. Then you just have yeah. those limiting beliefs that set back in and. Yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, I'm going to I feel like Henry Ford said it, but it's whether you think you can or you think you can't. You're right. It's like you, you, you that mental is crucial. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, that one that saying pops in my head quite often as well. Whenever I hear I can't, I was like, well, I mean, there you go. You can't. I'm not going to disagree with you because you're already projecting that onto your own life. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can change that for yeah. you. I can tell you what to do, yeah. but yeah. you think you can't, so. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. You can't change a person's mind if they've made it, if they've made it up, because they'll just, uh, they'll just seek out the evidence that proves them right and shut out everything that proves them, proves them wrong. Oh, that actually um, reminds me. Um, sorry for interrupting you. Oh, you no problem. Uh, it reminds me of, um, I was reading... I don't even know what it was now, but it was saying how you can show evidence of something that's completely contradictory to someone's opinion and it, it will make them like dig their heels in and like fight you even harder just because they Mm -hmm. have such strong conviction in their opinion versus the facts. And we see that all the time now in real life now, not even just like superfluous stuff like fitness related things, but it's, Mm -hmm wild i've i've run across that one quite frequently and i mean i just let it go at this point if i if i show you the evidence and you you don't want to believe it then there's nothing i can do for you at that point yeah there's no help for him at that point yeah Yeah, and then uh, going back to the whether you can or can't um you're right in uh, rich dad poor dad uh robert kiyosaki so his his rich his rich dad i think it's his rich dad says that uh you know he he can't or he yeah he can't afford things and his other dad says how can i afford something you know rather than like just shutting it out and saying no they you know instead actually make it you don't close close your brain off and your mind off completely you ask the question so then you try and come up with answers yeah yeah i try to i try really hard to instill all of this thought process in my my oldest daughter youngest one's the shot Mm -hmm. right she doesn't know anything but (laughs) the the 10 year old (laughs) any i always try to help her like she doesn't understand what self-fulfilling prophecy means but i explain it in ways that hopefully she can relate to and understand like you're you can't go into something thinking you can't do it or setting yourself up for failure before you even try it's mm-hmm. that's that's not a way to live life no i mean i know a lot of people who do sadly but not in my family <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't want, I don't want that for her i guess because i've seen mm-hmm. the negative impact long term even short term you won't you, you say you can't ride a bike because you're scared 
that, that, I don't know, that just sets yourself up for failure for trying anything because you're scared. And then you're just walking around scared of everything all the time. It's just compounding exactly. long-term effects that, I don't know, we've only got one life. You got to you gotta mm-hmm. YOLO once in a while. <laughs> you do, right? <laughs> Calculated risks anyway. Just yeah. get it done. Yeah. Or okay. figure out, Tim Ferriss said, like, He'll he'll ask himself, what's the worst that could happen? Because a lot of times you suffer more in your mind than you do in reality. So I mean, like if you yeah, you could you could say, Okay, well, what if I quit my job and I go do, you know, such and such, pursue whatever? Well, you'll run out of money at some point, but you know, depending on how much you have saved up. But really you could probably in most cases find a job that's similar to it again if you absolutely needed to. So that's the worst that could possibly happen. It's not like you're going to get, if you, if you save up some money and you, you, you plan for, you know, a move like that, you're not going to get kicked out of your house if you're making the payments or, you know, or uh, lose your car if you're making the payments or if you've got to pay it off already or you're, you're, yeah, I don't know. It's just, or you're not going to lose all your friends because you don't have any money now because you're trying to, you know, that's, I don't know. Yeah. I do a lot of those fear setting meditation specifically there's a mm-hmm. I forgot the actual term for it but it's 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 similar thought process been in tim ferris's fear setting exercises but yeah, i'll do uh negative visualizations that's what it is for the meditations oh sure or I'll, I'll sit there in my meditation and i will purposely try to manifest the feelings that i might feel thinking about certain like worst case scenario situations and losing mm-hmm. my family or losing my house, those kind of things. And yeah. I purposely sit there and try to evoke those emotions. And it's a stoic practice as well. That's why I do it. Um, because it, mm-hmm. it hardens you. You're like, okay, well, I've already experienced this and I'm still here. I'm still kicking it. Um, right. It, yeah, it's just it's just a, a another mental fortitude training <laughs> that I do. Mm-hmm. That I think about it, I do that a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of freeing that way. I mean, as as bad as anything could possibly be, if you can get through it, then yeah, then it's uh, doesn't mean it doesn't suck, but oh, yeah. you just have to keep going because there's no other there's no other option. That's where I agree with Nietzsche. Life is pain. <laughs> mm-hmm, right, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, potential future web development agency. What do you think timeline on that would be? Uh, five years. Five years, nice. probably. Hopefully sooner. But... Yeah, I pretty much just need to, my initial, so I kind of came up with this plan four or five months ago of of learning, getting certified, getting, getting you know, a job even if it's part-time, mostly. And my initial goal was August, and I feel, or August 1st, and I feel like that's, it was a little ambitious for me. I still don't want to make an excuse for why I uh, 
haven't. Well, I mean, I could still get there, but yeah, I just need to get through the certifications. I've, I've gone through courses and everything, but it's really the, the testing side of things that I really need to get through. Yeah. And then from there, yeah, maybe it'd be two years, you know, working in, or maybe it's a year depending on, because I mean, I could, a person could probably start one up right now. And as long as you have a body of work that you can display and say, this is what I've done, even if it's not necessarily for other companies, you could initially uh, either charge little to nothing just so you can gain the experience and the, and the uh, testimonials, I would say. And then from there, then you can leverage that to, uh, to get paying jobs. And then, so, I mean, you could start an agency anytime because a customer is going to see what you've done rather than like, if you're certified or if you have a degree in it, it's kind of like a doctor. Nobody asked you what the, what the GPA was of a doctor. It's just whether you graduated or not, you know, and even this is dialed down past that. It's just results is what people pay off, pay for a portfolio. (laughs) That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was difficult for me when I first started. I mean, like I said, we both grew up on farms, so breaking Mm -hmm. into the uh, software engineering world was rather difficult for me. I did unpaid internships and stuff just for exactly what you're saying is get some portfolio pieces, get some testimonials, Mm -hmm. someone say, give me a recommendation at least. And right on to the next one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun though. It is. You got to enjoy the ride. It, it's it's a lot quicker than you than you think. So it's that's for sure. Yeah, I'm a little little burnout with the engineering on my end of it, just because I've been doing it so long now. But mm-hmm. I don't think that's an engineering thing. I think that's just a me thing. I get <laughs> yeah. I'm always looking for uh, the next thing because mm-hmm. I just find so much in life fascinating, and I like to. <laughs> I told my wife when we were dating that I remember when I was a little kid, probably six or seven, I got like so upset. I started crying because I realized I would never know everything. (laughs) 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 I I remember it exactly. Like we were riding in the car and I looked, I was just looking out the window and I was looking in someone's house and like I had this thought, I'm like, I'm never going to know anything about this person's life. And then it just like exploded from there. I'm like, I'm never going to know everything. <laughs> yeah. got, like, it's true. That's some deep sad. thought for a, yeah, <laughs> for a kid. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting childhood. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Well, we've been going a little bit over an hour. Um, I don't necessarily have any other particularly pointed questions. Um, Do you have anything you want to plug? Like you said, you're trying to build your social following. So yeah, basically just LinkedIn and Twitter and threads now, but beyond that, it's just trying to create value, give, you know, give as much knowledge away and, and eventually it'll come back. And, and uh, I don't, have a newsletter right now. Uh, might be something in the future. I do have DustinHoward.com, but 
it's it's basically to sign up for a newsletter that I haven't started doing yet. So uh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> trying to get my uh, get my bases covered, but uh, yeah, I think I think what really wanted me to do a newsletter, even though I feel like I don't have enough content to write about, which I probably do. You know, it's kind of a limiting belief, but um, I like commenting on other people's posts because it it uh, makes me think more and like how I would word things, how I would even just I- explain something in a different way to that uh, maybe other people are seeing in the comments and it resonates with them. So <clears throat> that that right there gives me gives me. Uh, a lot of content to to go off of and yeah. so i a lot of times we'll look back at some of the stuff that i've written and i'll try and <clears throat> create something based on that yeah yeah i do that as well it's just i mean there's so many diverse backgrounds for anyone who's reading any of the comments and posts and mm-hmm. i just it took me a while to realize authenticity is crucial because I was, I was trying, cause like I said, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I mean, I still don't, but. Um, right, yeah. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> yeah, just They're just trying it. to feel their way through it and add a few yeah. building blocks along the way. And, yeah. And, but I've uh, noticed I get a much better response and engagement when I'm just being myself because no one's like me. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah. it's refreshing for everyone. And similar to you, no one's like Dustin. Mm-hmm. Right. Thankfully, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> Who would want a world full of, full of this guy? <laughs> well, I like it. That was one thing that my, my fourth and fifth grade teacher, so it was kind of funny. Fourth and fifth grade, I had the same teacher because he, you know, said that he liked the class enough that he wanted to change grades now. I don't know if that was the case or not, but um, one thing that he said is like, he said, whenever you're doing anything, ask yourself, what if everybody? So like disturbing the class was probably one one of the things that he was thinking about. Like, what if everybody's doing this? It'd be complete chaos. But I mean, another thing is if if everybody was was uh, engaging in constructive conversations and not getting offended and trying to be as positive as they possibly can be. Imagine then you know that would change the world so you just got to do it one person at a time yeah yeah it's exactly what i'm working on <laughs> mm-hmm. making one dead fit uh, at a time there you go you know <laughs> and there's yeah in a world of uh they're they're creating replacement uh replacements for you needing to get people fit every day you know with the food industry oh geez that's a whole nother podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole food pyramid when we grew up. Yeah. I still can't even believe that, how, how bad that thing was. Mm-hmm. We're feeling a lot of the, a lot of the issues. And the problem was, is so I listened to this other, this other, uh, I think it was another podcast that was talking about the food pyramid. And they said, well, Based on what it was fixing a problem that they had where it was, you know, we need cheap food. We need it to fill people up with calories. And 
Um, we need it to not be perishable, really. So um, the food industries did exactly, and it needs to taste good because people want it, you know, want yeah. uh, want uh, satisfaction when they're eating something. So <laughs> so the food industry, they, they went and did exactly that, and probably too well, they solved the problem. And now everybody wants that versus versus whole foods where it it uh you know because whole foods just don't taste nearly as good after you've had had uh twinkie or oh yeah or pizza or whatever you want to whatever you want to do you know but food that food where they a b test when you just open it the smell of it to see which one is the highest engagement (laughs) yeah carrots are not going to beat that (laughs) no no yeah That's interesting. I would like to, I'd like to read that because I mean, I have my own obnoxiously biased opinions on the whole food pyramid and Mm -hmm. all that nonsense and all the lobbyists. It's hard to look past all the negativity. I, I feel like there's some underlying good and Mm -hmm. a couple of the points you made, made me dis, uh, made me not like it as much, but, um, Yes. Yeah. And I would say that it's it's difficult in the current time because of the food industries they they command so much so much influence and they have so much power in the content that we even consume oh, yeah. that it's that that is it's marketable and whole foods is not marketable. And then the uh, snack food industry goes hand in hand with the, uh, with pharmaceuticals and they'd rather, they'd rather, uh, work on, they'd rather, what's the word? They'd rather treat diseases than prevent them. Oh yeah. Because there's more money in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of the, kind of the thing. It's, it's, it's tough to, I mean, it's, it's, you just got to change one person at a time and that's really all you, all you can do. And once you kind of turn them on to feeling better, then they can, then they can make the decision for themselves on whether they want to feel like crap and like what they eat all the time, or if they could just remove them, the, you know, the snack foods, the Oreos from, from their diet for a couple of weeks and the whole foods are going to taste that much better for you. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, I'm, I'm probably like 85, 90% whole foods in general. Um, but obviously no one's perfect and if they are, they're mm-hmm. full of shit, but it is, right. it is quite remarkable when just this last weekend we were down in DC. Um, I wasn't able to like meal prep or like make any home cooked meals. So we had to eat restaurants or something like that all the time. And mm-hmm. the amount of like cravings that I got after I would go for like I didn't, I didn't even like eat anything crazy, but uh, like fried foods or something like that. I, I would have like, yeah. insane cravings the next day. I'd be like walking by a, a street vendor or something. I, I just want to eat all of those fries right now. <laughs> <laughs> and those, like a junkie, really. Yeah. That's what you get, you know. Uh, it was, it you get wild. the itch and you just have to have more of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I've definitely, I mean, I definitely catch myself quite often if. Yeah, I don't want to say slip because it's just human yeah. nature. But like, if I'll have a, a couple Oreos at like a birthday party or something, I'm just mm-hmm. craving that stuff insanely for like the next couple of days. 
And yeah. sometimes I'll give in, most of the time I won't, but mm-hmm. it's wild to me that I'm abstracted away from it enough that I can notice it. And it always makes me empathize a bit um, with people that just live day to day like that. They're just 7-Eleven every morning, get their right. burritos and whatever, and or McDonald's every morning. And like, or even just Starbucks and you get an 800 calorie coffee. <laughs> You know, like just destroy your diet just first first meal a day, right? Just spike but, your glucose immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that stuff's wild to me. But it, like, it's always crazy to me because I always feel like garbage. Like the next few days, even mm-hmm. if I go like a full day or two days or something where I don't eat home cooked meals or something like that. I'm noticeably sluggish and like my, my thoughts are a little slower. And like I said, it always just makes me wonder, I guess people are just so used to it that it just seems normal to them to kind of just be like slogging around through life. And they don't have the clarity of having your body run on whole foods or minimum processed foods. Like, I don't know. It's just wild to me sometimes. Mm -hmm. There's a book that I read uh, called how not to die. And it actually, <laughs> yeah, I know it's for, I was like, I need to read this, but, um, it, uh, it focused around just a complete plant-based diet. And I thought that was, I thought it was kind of interesting. I would never be able to do that, but, and I mean, a limiting belief that I'd probably want to stick to, but just because of the protein side of things, I just couldn't possibly get enough protein in, I feel That's like, rough. but, um, uh, along with that. It uh, it talks about how the body is is very resilient, and that if you do stop eating some of the you know the ultra processed foods, you can you can get back to where your body feels good. You you know you perform a lot better, and they say it's like if you hit your knee on on a coffee table one day, you know it'll it'll hurt, it'll start to feel better. But if you hit your knee every day on that coffee table, it's never going to get better. That's funny. It might hurt less and less, but you're going to lose feeling in it because you're just. So that's, yeah, that's where they're talking about, like with, with processed foods. If you do it every day, I mean, you'll get somewhat used to it, but you'll get used to just feeling like crap. Yeah, that's funny. That's a great way to put it. I'm going to use right? it. I Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> What was the name of that book? How Not to Die? How Not to Die, yeah. Even if, I would say it's it's great to read, even if you wouldn't do a, a plant-based diet because it gives you so many options of of uh, of protein, plant-based protein. Yeah. So that's where I, I mean, I try and get 200 grams of protein. That's my lofty goal a day, but I probably get it closer to 150 and it's pretty uh, good though yeah and i mean so that's where i try and get you know beans in um i've been doing lentils i'll do sprouted lentils i the first time i did sprouted lentils i was like now i feel like a hippie you know with uh, <laughs> a bowl full of sprouted lentils that i'm just chewing on but yeah uh, get your kombucha and your guitar out I, fire. There you, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it's it's pretty nice to just 
to give you kind of some suggestions and even just show you what uh, what plants can still do for for people. I mean, they they said that they did lab tests on cancer cells, and they said just putting like squeezing out the juice from a from broccoli can can uh, counteract cancer cells like directly, which is amazing to me. Yeah. So like if you can if you can just incorporate as much as you possibly yeah, I was can. Actually, I was a vegetarian for four or five years up until okay. a couple months ago. Wow. How'd you get the protein? Did you just do like did you just do like uh, protein powder? What was that? Oh, is it me? Oh, there you go. Oh. Hey, welcome back. Am I still there? Okay, perfect. Um, <laughs> how'd you get the protein in? A lot of plants, man. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. basically just legumes, like you're saying, just a lot of beans. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's about it. It was rough. It was. I remember uh, seeing somebody on Twitter just a couple days ago that that uh, they talk most. I would say it's mostly. Uh, meat that they that they end up eating but they had a person comment and say that there's protein and broccoli too and so they were they replied to that and they were like you'd have to eat 15 pounds of broccoli to get 200 200 grams of protein in a day yeah versus two two pounds of meat (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i did it for environmental reasons that was the biggest reason that i did it just because Um, I mean, you can grow more nutrients in one acre of vegetables than farm. I mean, the cows and mm-hmm. the watering of the cows and then all the food for the cows and all that stuff. That was the True. reason I did it. Um, the carbon footprint is huge. Yeah, that's for yeah, sure. But honestly, me not eating meat for five years is so insignificant compared to what anything else happening in the world. So. Even if we all switch to a plant-based diet, <clears throat> I think it would, I mean, it would be helpful if everyone did, but that's never mm-hmm. going to happen. So, yeah. And I mean, I grew up hunting and uh, on a farm and my boss used to raise a, a cow named ribeye or something like that, specifically, <laughs> specifically to slaughter it. So I, yeah, I took a lot of flack from my family. <laughs> <laughs> It made me think when you said hippies, <laughs> right? Yeah, no. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I've never grown out my hair that long before. I've I've had it down to about my shoulders when I was a lot younger, but that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that's so. Funny. It's pretty flowy. Yeah, yeah. This is the longest it's ever grown. I usually have the sides uh, all shaved off, but oh yeah. Uh, been a little busy this summer, so mm-hmm. yeah, I was growing it out. I'm gonna braid it, put some beads in it like a Viking. <laughs> nice. There you go. <laughs> that was the inspiration, anyways. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely. I feel like such a hippie when I when I have it. I don't know. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. It's just like I got that weird toxic masculinity thing ingrained in me from where I, I know. Yeah. 
it's, it's the like, scourge of the uh, country. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty hippies. Uh, I mean, right. I grew up surrounded by hippies, so it's it even mm-hmm. stranger. Yeah. Just to be a man nowadays is is toxic. So yeah, especially white. We're all the plague. We are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm actually writing a book about that right now. Um, it's oh nice. Working cool. title is a walking anomaly. I think. I mean, no, I like it. Walking anomaly or walking contradiction? I don't remember, but it's it's just okay. Toxic masculinity in the modern world, and I don't necessarily believe mm-hmm. it's toxic, but there is a tipping point, and that's that's like the gist of the book. Work in progress. Yeah, I remember one person. So there was one person. Uh, Andrew Tate, actually. So I thought it was kind of funny. He he had an interview, and I think it's I think it's kind of funny because the first thing that I thought to say was was I don't agree with everything that he says, but I feel like if you agree with everything that one person says, is you're completely yeah. ridiculous to begin with. But um, one thing that he they asked him in an interview uh, what uh, what he thought of Western values. And he said, "What values?" <laughs> I thought that was kind of, kind of a, a funny, yeah. funny thing. But that's the you know that's outside looking in perspective, I would say. And they don't see the positive necessarily. They say that they see the news, and that's and the news is what is what big companies probably want you to see. So that's why you, it's better to just steer clear of it and just try and seek out the positive stories that you can come up with and the yeah that's for yeah. sure yeah the news outlet and the, the health industry mm-hmm. there's there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. in this country that it's, better or worse it's what we got right now and i don't think uh we're gonna be able to solve it here on this podcast but yeah as long as you don't follow the pack and you just kind of blaze your own trail yeah. you're doing you're you got the first step right so that's that's i think yeah yeah I the agree. key I always uh, <laughs> question everything for better yep. or worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes it's annoying. Sometimes I just need to like, all right, just go with it, man. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Can't fight every battle as I've found mm-hmm. with children. Yeah, you don't have nearly the uh, energy and strength to fight every battle. So you just got to pick them. Yeah. I, I, I was going so strong for quite a while. And then uh, the baby mm-hmm. came along. I'm just like, oh god, I just, I just yep. can't, I can't, man. I gotta just make sure I hit the important ones. I'll lose the battles, but I gotta win the war. That's all that. Right. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> they wear you down, otherwise. Oh man, they really do. Exactly what yeah. we said earlier. They're like, oh, the daddy doesn't like this button. Boop boop. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, crazy. They 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 live for the reactions that we that we have to things. Yeah, little jerks. <laughs> right at all. <laughs> Dang it. Well, Dustin, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, definitely I appreciate uh, you having me. Conversationalist here, and like I said, um, I'll drop in your links in the show notes and stuff. You got your Twitter, which is how we connected, and you got your LinkedIn. 
And you're yep. soon to be launching newsletter, you said? Yeah, we gotta gotta hit it. I'll uh try and come up with something in a week <laughs> or two. Uh, no pressure, man. I mm-hmm. I write two every week, so I understand it's uh it's a there you go. That's good. You just gotta make a habit of it and and you you the thing is that starting is is the biggest thing because once you start it and you start getting a body of work then you see that and you're encouraged to keep going so that's really the the toughest thing is just starting at zero yeah it's same with this podcast same with my youtube and especially the youtube stuff because mm-hmm. i have no video editing background so that's just a chaos right there mm-hmm. social media all of it just just gotta jump in man start it yeah it's fun to learn. You just kind of. It is fun. Mm-hmm. As long as you don't go out with the expectation. <laughs> I'm right. Just, yeah. I'm just here to, to learn some stuff and meet cool people. That's, that's what mm-hmm. I'm all about. Yeah. Ali Abdal, he, he uh, has a big YouTube channel. It's like four and a half million people. Yeah. And one big thing for him is there's three steps to it. He said there's get going. So just start making things. And then get good. So once you've made it, then you kind of have to make a decision whether you're going to commit or not. You know, whether it's 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 fun, you want to keep doing it, do you want to do it more casually, or do you want it to be a serious thing? So from there, you you get better at it. And then and then the third and lastly thing is get smart. So you then you have to start making your processes more efficient, and you just start you know using maybe leveraging apps that that uh, help you either edit or post it on, on schedule. Um, I use notion for, uh, for like the social media laying out of ideas. Yeah. And then that gives you a little more structure to, to do that. But that's, yeah, the three steps to it, I would say is, are those. Perfect. On that note, we will, uh, we'll wrap it up then. Cause that's a great Sounds way. To good. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Right, thanks, Justin, Barrett. Thanks I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, man. I really, really appreciate you chatting with me. No problem. Thank you.